When a child gets sick, education can often take a backseat to treatment. But that doesn't have to be the case at OHSU Dornbecker Children's Hospital, where hospital school meets children at their level with specialized curriculum and experiences. It helps create a sense of community and normalcy for patients and their families. It's Tuesday, December 24th, and this is OHSU Week. I'm Margaret McDonald. And I'm Lisa Carter. Margaret, great to have you as a regular part of OHSU Week. Thanks, Lisa. Happy to be joining you. Before we get to our main interview, let's review some of the important news items on OHSU Now last week. OHSU's provost, Dr. Elena Andreessen, posted about an external review of OHSU's diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. Yes, Dr. Renee Navarro, Vice Chancellor of Diversity and Outreach at the University of California, San Francisco, conducted that assessment this month and will provide her report early next year. The external review is part of a broad three-year strategy, and given the timing, feedback from Dr. Navarro's assessment will be integrated into tactics for OHSU 2025. And in OHSU Health News, patients with addiction can now access a same-day walk-in clinic if they're seeking medications for addiction treatment. That's right. The Harm Reduction and Bridges to Care Clinic, or HRBR, does not require a referral, and patients do not need a primary care provider in order to be seen. As a bridge clinic, HRBR will begin patients on medication and then work to connect them to ongoing care in the community. You can learn more about that important new service on OHSU Now and the News Hub. And finally, we probably don't need to remind everyone that this is a holiday week. If you're working and wondering where to park, where to eat, and what transportation options you have available, head to OHSU Now for all the details. Now let's move on to today's main interview. Josh Anderson sat down with Jane Albertson, a teacher with the hospital school program, and Brenna Messner, a former student of the program at Dornbecker Children's Hospital. And a little holiday cheer in the second half of today's podcast. Listen in as Dean Anderson shares messages from the School of Medicine Gratitude Tree Wellness Project and fellow OHSUians sing holiday carols. Jane, Brenna, thank you for joining us on OHSU Week. Let's get started by introducing yourself. Jane, go ahead. My name is Jane Albertson, and I'm one of the hospital school teachers that works at Dornbecker Children's Hospital. Um, I work for Multnomah Education Service District, and I'm a general education teacher here at Dornbecker. And Brenna? I'm Brenna Messner. I'm 17 and a former patient at Dornbecker. Well, thanks for joining us today. Um, Jane, let's start with you. Can you explain the hospital school program at Dornbecker's? Yeah. So um, like I mentioned before, we work for a Multnomah Education Service District and we're contracted employees at OHSU or at Dornbecker. Um, And so there's a staff of four full-time teachers, one part-time teacher, and one education assistant working between both the 10th floor of Dornbecker and the 9th floor. We also take referrals from student age patients that are at OHSU. So, you know, people who are on the mother-baby unit, NICU, the emergency department. Um, And what we strive to do is just serve students that are here in the hospital so that they can keep up with their studies while they're here. So we really work very closely with the student's homeschool district so that we can be getting work from their school, knowing that ultimately the student's going to go back to their school. And so the goal is so that they don't fall behind while they're here. So we kind 
kind of work with students, homeschools to request work, and then we're the teachers that can provide that instruction. So we work either bedside with the student or we have classrooms on both the 10th floor and the 9th floor where students can come and work on their schoolwork while they're here. And you mentioned the Multnomah Education Service District administers the program. Can you talk a little bit more what that relationship is like? Yeah, definitely. So the MESD is our direct employer. And so we are then contracted at OHSU. MESD has, um, they're kind of like the catch-all for alternative education is how I kind of see it. Like they have, you know, schools at the different hospitals in the area. Um, and then us, the faces of MESD, we are here contracted at the different various hospital sites. Um, And then within our own district, we have different related service providers, like someone to help with speech language services or a PT and an OT. We have like a special education TOSA, um, a transition advocate. So we can utilize some of those related service staff to help best serve our students, especially those students that do have kind of specialized instruction plans. We are here, though, on site every day. Can you explain the differences between, you know, a standard classroom versus the the Dornbecker classroom? Oh, yeah, definitely. Kids usually say they love hospital school, but they don't like regular (laughs) school. Whenever I'm like, oh, you get to go back home. They're like, I like this school better. (laughs) So our school is definitely a lot more one-on-one instruction. For me, like 90% of it's one-on-one. I don't do a lot of group lessons because our classrooms are open to K through 12. So we will have like a kindergartner a senior and like an eighth grader all sharing the same table space. (laughs) Um, So a lot of it is one-on-one. And then time is a big difference too. Like here, we promise maybe like 60 minute school sessions is what we strive for. Um, But again, that's what we do comes second to why a student is here, which is their medical care. And so we definitely work around the doctor's schedules and want to be like honor the fact that we see ourselves as kind of guests here a little bit. And then that one-on-one just really helps so that students are getting some of the questions answered that maybe they don't get to ask in class. It helps to make those uh, sessions a lot more tailored and kind of focused so that if a student's like there's no way I can do geometry today. Then we try to do, you know, an activity that we always try to make it education based. But if it's like painting a jar for, you know, Mother's Day for a student, we honor that that's where the students at that day. And the medical staff do a fabulous job of letting us know too. Like, school's a trigger for this student. We want to slowly build them up because that, for us, like rapport building, we're not going to get anywhere if we don't have the trust of the student. So it's really almost like a evolving curriculum. So much so. And we really try to work closely with the student's home district to provide the same curriculum, you know, that they're doing at school. Um, there are some times where a student's here for a really extended stay and the school, their homeschool can't necessarily provide that long of curriculum for us. And so we do have, um, through the MESD, we have Odysseyware, which is an online platform that Brenna actually is familiar with. <laughs> um, and so it's something that we can have our students go through and then they can get credit and now actually this year is the first year we are accredited so we ourselves can award the credit when um, Breno is here we recommended credit to her homeschool district and then they chose whether or not they were going to award it they did on it like awesomely um, and, and Emmy and uh, Odyssey where is an accredited program just our district was not accredited until this year and so now we can actually award the credit and provide the platform for which students can like receive that credit but our first and foremost goal is to work with the curriculum the student is working on at school because 
they're going to be going back to school, so it's really nice for them to stay like current on what their school is providing. You mentioned even some students can't make it to the physical classroom. Um, how do you get around that hurdle? Yeah, so that's actually quite a bit of our population, especially during cold and flu season when a lot of students are in isolation rooms. I would say more than half of our students can't actually come to the classroom, and so we serve them bedside. And then it's just a matter of coordinating with the medical team here, with the student, with students' parents, um, and any other kind of um, OHSU providers, child life, finding a best time to go in and do school with a student. And then we do the same kind of thing where we do 30 to 60 minute school sessions bedside, but we try to meet every student kind of where they're at and bedside instruction is what that usually looks like. Can you talk a little bit about the transition of students, patients who were here and then transitioning back to their regular school? Definitely, and that's actually something that we're still working on um, because MESD has added positions of the trans transition advocates, which is awesome. This year, I think we have 1.5 FTE, which is more than we had last year, um, to kind of help because we try to follow up with our patients that have discharged. The extra support now of the wraparound services where this transition advocate can kind of follow up if we find a student that we just think that they need a little bit of extra hand-holding. Um, we do try, though our best while the student's here to get those supports in place. So whichever teacher is assigned to a student, if, if it's a new diagnosis maybe, um, we work with the schools to set up that 504 plan so that when the student does return, they should have the supports in place. Well, Brenna, since you've been through this program, <laughs> can you talk to us a little bit about your experience here at the hospital school program? So I was diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia, so it required that I had inpatient treatment for four to six weeks at a time, which obviously meant I was not going to be attending school. And so this happened on April 30th, 2017, so it was the end of my freshman year, and I still had quite a bit of work to do. And so my first hospital teacher, Anna, helped contact the school to get all my work that I would need to complete freshman year, which was amazing. And so that went into summertime just based off my chemo schedules. But they, I mainly was by the bedside just because I was either in isolation because my immune system was too weak or I just felt pretty miserable. So Jane was my summer teacher and then my teacher for the rest of my time too. And she would come by my bedside and teach me. Geometry was the big one. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she was mainly at my geometry, and then I would I'd switch to Odyssey Wear by the time of summer, so I was able to complete all my high school credits that I needed to continue my sophomore year, which was really awesome. So I was, I'm now able to graduate with my class because of this school, which is a really big deal to me, because I know not a lot of people get to do that with my, the situation I was put in. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, can you talk about your experience at the classroom? You know, you were here dealing with life <laughs> and also, oh, yeah, there's school. There's all these other things. Can you talk about trying to balance that while you're trying to heal yourself and, <laughs> and get treatment and, and everything else of, that goes um, into being a patient? Yes. Yeah, so the school, Jane especially, was... She, we had usually a set time that she would come in during the weekdays, and sometimes that time would have to be moved around just based off. I am a teenager. I was a teenager, too. I still am. So I was a little cranky every now and then. And I was like, I'm not doing school today. <laughs> but we, we figured out a schedule that worked, and then we would set a time for the school, and then I would 
we'd get the schoolwork done and then she'd give me some projects to work on sometimes that I would get done and we'd have these goals that we would make so I was completing the courses on time and we'd fit that around treatment and so um, I didn't receive chemo every like the whole week I was or the whole like month and a half I was there it was usually the first 10 days or around that time and we knew that like we weren't doing school that time we were just gonna let me rest and just try and get through that because it was day and night chemo so it was like don't really mess with me (laughs) and then the first few days after that too as I was still recovering and then we realized so we sort of like understood my schedule which was really nice that it wasn't forced on me or pushed on me and it made me want to and so I was mainly bedside but sometimes I did go to the classroom I was feeling adventurous it was just because <laughs> it was like k through 12 yeah there's a lot going on and sometimes I just wanted to get stuff done and so I would stay in my room to get that done but if I wanted an adventure like I said I would I would go to that classroom yeah were they something you look forward to these classes yeah it normalized the situation in a way I mean I had everything taken away like my whole everything like I didn't I wasn't really able to see friends I couldn't go out and do anything and so having school and having some sense of normal in that aspect and know that once I got better because I knew I was going to get better that I could go to school and be in place with everyone I wouldn't have to redo sophomore year and I could now I'm a senior and I get to graduate (laughs) with all my friends which is awesome how was the transition for you who experienced it? <laughs> so Jamie was actually very good because <laughs> so originally I was I finished treatment in Jan, uh, January 10th and then I was going to start second semester of my sophomore year of high school but my immune system was still recovering and it was flu season and just I was overwhelmed. So we made the transition to try and take a few classes at my high school. And we helped set up a 504 plan. Jane helped with that and then helped transfer my credits, see if they would do them. (laughs) And then they did, which was nice. (laughs) And then we decided, like, well, I was just going to stick with Odyssey Wear and do Keystone, which was another online school, until I was completely better. And then junior year is when I actually went back. And then Jane, once again, helped with my 504 plan, which I still use and is extremely helpful and finding what's gonna work for me with my schedule. Cause I still have doctor's appointments and then I developed ADHD like symptoms cause of chemo. And so there was a lot of learning from that, but I had now have a 504 plan and it was, I wouldn't say easy, but it was a lot easier to go in knowing I had people supporting me and helping me than not. Brenda's, her work ethic, I think that made it so that she is graduating like on time and everything she, like a lot of it is to her credit for sure because she worked, I would say there was maybe only ten, like 5% of the planned times to meet that we didn't meet. Like she would, and, and even when she would go home and this was her time at home, we would do Zoom meetings and do school. So I remember on like Thanksgiving, like Black Friday or something, we were doing like a Zoom meeting. And so she was just really tenacious in her academic maturity. I mean, for someone who's like a freshman to sophomore, they're just getting the ropes of high school. Right. We have seniors that we can't wrestle to get there. We were like, you have one credit left. Come on. Yeah. And she was just so tenacious. 
none of it would have happened if it hadn't been Brenna. She was a rock star. Like I would always, all my emails would be like, she's the rock star student. And between her and like her math teacher at at her school and me, it'd always be like, oh my gosh, she's her math teacher. She has the highest grade in the class. (laughs) So it was pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. Nice job. Thank you. What kind of advice would you give to other kids? It's cliche, but just to not give up and keep pushing through. I know there's a lot of times when I was like, I just don't want to do school. And I would feel sorry for myself. And then I sort of realized that I'm lucky. Like, I'm a lucky one. I'm doing well. I have the ability to do school. I have the support. So I need to use it. And so I would just say keep pushing through. And even though school may not be that fun, (laughs) take advantage and, and keep through with it because it will help you in the end. Wise beyond your years. <laughs> thank you. Well, Jane, Brenna, thank you so much for joining me on OHSU Week. And Brenna, thank you for telling your story. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. <laughs> so the gratitude tree, which was started last year by my colleagues in the dean's office, is based on the premise that recognition of kindness, in fact, random acts of kindness, do promote wellness. So for the second year, we've invited colleagues and all of our uh, departments and work units to set up their own uh, gratitude trees. And it's gratifying to me to see that so many departments, labs, uh, clinics, and work units have set up uh, these things. And I've been impressed with the creativity of the displays and some of the great messages that I've seen up there. The messages capture how we seek to put people first every day and to make our workplace a community. So let me just share just a couple of the many messages that I'm posted. Grateful to work with faculty and residents who take care of each other and support each other. Care for the caretakers. A note to the environmental services folks who work in Richard Jones Hall. We all thank you for maintaining the spaces we work in day to day at a high level. And there was one in the Dean's office, I think is especially apropos to today. Thanks for supporting mothers and families and for the coffee. (laughs) So let's applaud the OHSU Nutrition Services for what they do every day and the catering team for I'm grateful for how warm, welcoming, understanding, and helpful everyone has been since I started. And another one, I appreciate all who recognize and use my preferred gender pronoun. Thank you for caring. So to everyone else and the many, many notes that people have taken the trouble to put up, it's really a testament to your great work and to kindness. So let's raise a cup of cocoa to this special place we all work in and to each other for making it what it is. Happy holidays.
OHSU Week is a production of Strategic Communications. This episode was produced and edited by Josh Anderson. I'm Margaret McDonald. And I'm Lisa Carter. See you next week.